0: We've been rolling for the past minute and a half. God, what have we said? I was whispering sweet. Nothing's into the microphone. I believe I was asking if I could call it Michael, since yours is Mike. I was like, can I call mine Michael? I never got an answer on that, so I'm just going to go ahead and call it Michael. But in that case, uh, I think we're ready to start. Welcome to the Video Reformation. I am Ben Oliver. I'm Justin Plant. We are the co founders of Storyboard Media, and we are your hosts here on this little journey we're all taking together here. Uh, before we get into today's topic, which is, of course, video library audits, which just sounds so much fun. Sounds compelling.
1: I understand we have a new sponsor this week. We do have a new sponsor. Why can't we hold on to a sponsor? Uh, we only sell one episode at a time, there's a list, and so. But we get so many incoming inquiries we can only commit an episode. Usually they sell out and then they have to replenish their entire supply. So it's not good to do it back to back.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. I like that. I like that. Well, I'm interested to hear who our sponsor is this
1: week. Yep. It is uh, Biggie's Belt and Suspenders. Two techniques for the two tentative. (laughs) Okay. It's Belt and Suspenders
0: in one. What I like about it is the two levels of alliteration. I think that's what drew me, Uh, again, we vet all of our sponsors before we commit to them. Right. So, I mean, I remember when we went to the factory and I first put on a belt. I was like, well, this is nice, but I don't know, I'm feeling a little tentative about whether this is going to hold my draws up.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then the tour guide, who was fantastic, by the way, she says, well, hold on. Let me give you these.
1: As if you didn't know so, it was coming. Right. Yeah.
0: I mean, you know, I'm usually three sheets to the wind by the time we <laughs> get to these uh, get to these visits anyway. Um, so Maybe yeah. that's
1: why we can't hold on to a sponsor.
0: Yeah, that would explain a lot. All right. Tell me who our sponsor is again. Uh, Biggie's Belt and Suspenders. Two techniques for the two tentative. Yeah. You know, they should consider renaming their company to Biggie's Belt and Braces. Ooh. But we'll just send him an invoice for that, <laughs> for that fantastic yep. creative, uh, right there. Okay. Well, welcome to our new sponsor. Uh, we're glad to have you. Uh, I'm sure you won't be here in two weeks. Um, okay. So video library audits, uh, so sexy.
1: Yeah, but it, it doesn't have a, a nice ring to it, but, uh, but there's a lot of value in it.
0: Well, I, yeah, no. And I, and I think even to the point that like our little service, product package thing is called a video activation plan yeah
1: like we knew that we couldn't stick you with you could audit. sexify audit right although I'm Plus, sure th- it's more than just it's, it's more than just well why don't we ex- go ahead and explain I guess okay what yeah. it is because it is more than just an assessment you know right, right. so
0: yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's really uh, on the top level, uh, a video library audit is an opportunity to get more out of the content you've already got, especially in a situation where you may want to do that before you go and create anything new. Um, so it's really just taking a look at what you've got, what's publicly, I think primarily publicly available, how it's organized, is it optimized, is it relevant, and making sure that it's as efficient and effective as it can be. That that's really an, and and it, it of course requires an audit of your existing video assets, but then the value is in what you then do once you've kind of looked at everything you've got. Yep, I, I think the the one of the the stats that jumps out at me too. And, and Vidyard just released, released their new video benchmarks report for 2019. And I went looking for that, um, for this statistic in that, because it's been in their previous years, but I couldn't find it in this year's for some reason. But in 2018's video benchmarking report, Vidyard said that businesses have published 377 videos on average and are publishing 33 new videos every month. Their video libraries will double within 12 months.
1: They publish 377 every year.
0: I, I I, think it's. So I think this is largely. I don't know the methodology. I think this is largely based on Vidyard clients. Yeah. Which being more enterprise clients, that means it probably skews a little bit on the higher end in terms of any business that may be using video. I think that just on average, their clients' video libraries have 377 videos in them.
1: Okay. So right.
0: gotcha. if they're creating 33 every month, then I imagine that in 12 months, it would be another 377 bigger. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a statistician, but but that's kind of <clears throat> I, the, the main point of that though, is, is that it's real easy and it doesn't take a whole lot of time for your, and, and I think library is even maybe too loose a term sometimes, or maybe library is implying too much organization but like the the video assets that you have it's real easy for them to get out of control and disorganized and i mean who actually spends the time to go back and look at what they've got to make sure that it's all working for them people should <laughs> uh, and hopefully after listening to this episode they will more cuz we're going to talk a little bit about why you should do it but also talk a bit about how to conduct a video audit so i think first it's 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 really worth talking about why you might want to do this Mm -hmm. what are the benefits of of a video audit and the first point for me is the ability to boost successful content right like part of it part of it is is looking at your analytics so you may know offhand oh this video or this type of videos do really well but but as you go through this audit process you're going to find the ones that have been really effective and depending on the kinds of analytics you're tracking you can define uh, that by either number of views or uh, how much revenue it's led to, if you're tracking, you know deals influenced by video, those kinds of things, what what's worked, what's working, and how can you amplify that content? Are there opportunities since since your audience, and, and this is something that we talk about often, it's certainly something that's mentioned in the manifesto, when we talk about measuring, we're talking about measuring, and learning from everything we can learn from our analytics and so these are the opportunities to look at what content is being well consumed and is having an influence over purchasing decisions or or even customer journey decisions and if they're working why would we not want to promote them
1: yeah, <laughs> <Any, laughs> no, yeah. you just you're on a roll so i was just kind of nodding my head Um, What are your thoughts about the benefits of boosting successful content? The reason I really like video audits is because, as you know, I'm uh, quite a... Ooh, can't leave me that kind of blank. (laughs) (laughs) As you know, I'm quite a... Uh, I want to say, like, neat freak. like Uh I like things clean and kind of in shape and in order. And so for me, the reason I like it is because it's a chance to organize your content. Yeah. And uh, because you, everybody, you know, anybody who's involved in the, the content and the creative part of your business could just upload anything to YouTube as long as they've got the information, you know, the credentials to, to log in. Sure. Well, Which are pretty easy to come by. Yeah. And if you don't have a, you know, a, a set of rules or whatever as to how this needs to be done, um, they can just, and I mean, it's going to be a whole list of videos and people won't know how to navigate that. Right. Um, you'll see some uh some YouTube channels that are very well organized. and It's nice because you can you can skip past all the webinars and you can skip past the testimonials and get to the product videos because you know that's what you're there for. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like I like the organize your content. If it's hard to find, it, it, if it's hard to find your own video on YouTube, <laughs> right? Your clients aren't going to find it. Well, and it's so important too, because. I don't want to make too many assumptions here,
0: but, it, but if you're, if you're a believer in the manifesto, you're also being strategic about the content that you're producing, and so you're giving some thought as to what your buyer's journey is, what your prospect's journey is. And so you're probably helping guide them through that journey. If you're making it hard to give them the tools to take the next step on that journey, they're probably not going to spend a whole lot of time looking for them. So if they're not readily accessible, easily organized, and, and easy to find and consume, they're probably just going to go somewhere else. You're missing an opportunity. You may you may not you may not lose a client because of that, but you may certainly lose a prospect because your job as a marketer in a lot of scenarios, especially B2B scenarios, is to help educate and inform your prospects so that they can make the right decisions. And if you're making those things and not making it easy for them to find, then you're not really doing your job. Mm-hmm. I think it's also important to to optimize your content, right? I mean, especially for anybody, and it's it's not even just for people who are using YouTube to to post their videos, but treat your videos like they are SEO tools, basically, mm-hmm. right? There are so many videos on YouTube or Vimeo or embedded on uh, people's sites where you can see that like the title of the video is explainer underscore video underscore version 2C underscore final underscore actually final underscore final (laughs) final not doing any more revisions dot mp4. And I imagine that not a whole lot of people are searching YouTube or Google for explainer underscore video underscore version 2c underscore whatever all that other stuff is right so if you're not if you're not optimizing your videos for the types of things that people are searching for and if you've done any seo research you know what keywords you should be you know putting into your titles and descriptions and tags people can't find you if you're doing that so there's a, a tremendous opportunity just to go back and see what's what you've got describing your content to help people find it.
1: Well, I mean, as every year goes by and you haven't looked at any of this stuff, that can be, uh, if, if a particular video hasn't had a lot of success based on views or whatever, m- maybe there's a reason for that. And I think like that's a great said, point. It's, um, it, it's, are people able to find it? It's not that the video's bad, are they able to find it? Has it been organized in a, such a way that's an interesting point. I mean, it, it kind
0: of goes to, uh, I mean, the, w- the way that, that I was kind of going through the notes to, for this episode was, to be perfectly honest, kind of thinking about a video audit as a thing you do once. Because so often when <clears throat> we come across it, it's never been done, and so it's being done for the first time. But it really is a practice that you should continue and do at least once a year, mm-hmm. right? And uh, it'd be interesting to, to track uh, you know, we, we've already talked about finding the videos that are doing well for you, but it'd be interesting to track how performance improves maybe after your first video library audit because you have optimized it. Mm-hmm. And then when you go back the second time, maybe you see all kinds of new, maybe it's an old video, mm-hmm. but you just named it right. And now all of a sudden it's getting the views that some of your top videos yeah. are getting. Um, that's interesting.
1: Or maybe it was named right a year ago but consumer behavior has changed. And sure. now they're looking for something that's slightly different, but this this will still help them. So well, uh, just and understanding and the, 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 the times, the zeitgeist of what you're...
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, uh, that's a big part of, of um, we've got one more reason to, to talk about why, but that's a big part of, of starting how to do your video on it. Because businesses, products, goals, keywords, all that stuff changes over time. Mm. So it may <laughs> be that, that something is, still perfectly relevant. It just needs to have a different title or description mm-hmm. or, or keywords, uh, and maybe even a thumbnail, exactly, yeah. right? To to capture the, the way that people decide. I mean, you know, it, it's not quite like VHS versus Betamax, uh, but like certain uh, kind of disruptive technologies are usually called certain things for a while, and then there's kind of a winner, right? Like Uber became a verb, essentially, mm-hmm. right? And so if you're kind of on the cutting edge and and sharing thought leadership content, anything like that, and you're using the Betamax version of whatever that topic is, but then you go back during your audit and now everybody's referring to it as VHS, just change the terminology Mm -hmm. from Betamax to VHS or whatever the applicable scenario is.
1: One thing we barely touched on, but I think is huge, is that that thumbnail opportunity, like from an organizational standpoint, to be able to. <clears throat> make it easy to see what this video is about instead of a um, instead of give, take, just taking the automatic one that YouTube would give you, automatic thumbnail. That's almost
0: That's almost just like what not to do. Yeah. Like I I, I believe we have video hosting platforms as uh, an upcoming episode that we're going to be uh, producing, and and I imagine. Uh, as a part of that we're going to be talking about best practices within each of those channels and with each of those channels you've got to be optimizing your thumbnail I mean you have to take advantage of upload your custom thumbnail the only wrong answer is to like pick from the options they give you mm-hmm. basically um, and so you know keep an ear out for that episode I'm sure that'll well, well that may be next um, but uh, but yeah thumbnails are huge and it's not just uh, it's not just to you know stand out on a platform like YouTube. But even if you've got your own uh, video channel or video library, video hub on your site, those can be a lot of thumbnails. And the easier it is, again, to identify which are the ones that relate to me, the thumbnail is the easiest way mm-hmm. to present that information. I think the the, the fourth big benefit now of, of doing a video library audit is to get rid of anything that's not helping you. Anything that's old or irrelevant, if it can't be updated with a simple metadata change, like a title, a description, whatever, like we were just talking about, then it's probably doing you more harm than good. If you've got your event recap, if you've got any event recap videos, just get rid of them. Uh, We've talked about that before. If you've got an event recap video for Business Con 2016, on your YouTube channel or in your embedded video library. My guess is nobody really gives a shit about BusinessCon 2016 event recap video, given that it's, what year is it, 2019? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I get that people sometimes have an emotional or financial attachment to video content that's been made, and so they feel like they wanna get as much out of it. I mean, we hear a lot about evergreen content, and if you're following the manifesto you're creating specific videos for specific audiences for specific purposes, right? Then you're probably not creating a whole lot of evergreen content. Mm-hmm. So if it's about something that happened a couple of years ago, or God forbid, it's about you know version 1.3 of your app and you're on version 3.7 now, if somebody stumbles upon, I mean, at some point, you're actually probably fighting against yourself from right. an SEO standpoint. Yeah. And so somebody searches for you know, the name of your app and they find, because it's been there longer, the demo video for version 1.3, they're missing out on all the functionality that now version 3.7 has because that one's just gonna show up first. And they're gonna say, oh, well, this is a demo video. They don't know. Prospects don't know your product like you do. Yeah. And so they're not gonna know. So just get rid of that stuff. It's, it's hard to say goodbye. But sometimes you just have to cut it loose. Okay. Any other reasons you think that, that it's worth, any other benefits to conducting a, a video library audit?
1: I'm sure there are benefits you haven't thought about, um, or experienced yet, but
0: um, Sounds but like an opportunity to hear from our listeners. What they think some of the, sure. especially ones who've done it before. Yeah, you know I, what have they found that, that some of those benefits are.
1: I'd love to get a show of hands of who has ever heard of a video audit before. Um,
0: a third of a person just raised their hand.
1: <laughs> uh, no, but let's mo- let's move on to how to do it because that's that's going to be very helpful. Yep. Yeah. So the first, and and this is going to sound familiar. The
0: first step is to basically assess your current situation right so if we go back to basic strategy which i believe we covered in episode one we want to assess our goals our audience our audience's journey distribution channels we're using you know what things are relevant now because depending on how strategic an approach we took like we mentioned businesses goals products times change right so what is it that we're trying to do with our video content right now what purposes what specific audiences and, and that's kind of the first step is get a sense of what do we need? We're about to dive into the 377 videos we have in our library. So what do we wanna judge them against? If we're trying to find opportunities to, some of it also is kind of ranking your content, right? There, there's, and so the, the relevance of your content to your existing goals is one way to rank that content, to help make decisions on which content to promote, which content to cut, those kinds of things. So you really gotta get a sense of where are we right now? And if this is something that you haven't done before, it's a great way to just have those basic parameters uh, documented for creating any new content also. But it certainly applies to assessing your existing content. For example, your goals as a marketing department may now be that you need to create 450 MQLs this year, Mm -hmm. right? And so you've broken that down into your annual, quarterly, monthly, weekly goals, that kind of thing, right? Those may be totally different, especially in a growth stage company, that may be totally different than two years ago when you had MQL goals of 100 Mm -hmm. MQLs for the year Mm -hmm. that you were supposed to generate. And so, um, uh, you know, those kinds of things, right? Where are we now? You may evolve your prospect personas, Right? You may have had three primary personas, but due to uh, changes in what you've learned about your prospects or changes in your product or service uh, that may have happened over time, where are we right now? That's Mm -hmm. what's important. It's it's resisting the urge to say, well, this made sense then because blank. Mm -hmm. That doesn't matter right now. It may have been perfectly valid then and it may have made sense then, but if it doesn't now, then is it really helping you? That's what we're really trying to do first. The next thing is the thing that you probably want to farm out to an intern because this next step is basically create a huge ass spreadsheet. Uh, And you've got to think of all of the sources where you have video, YouTube, internal video channels, uh, videos embedded on your site, videos you shared on social. You've got to go back through every video you've basically ever made and ever kind of put out there and literally start to list out the details on each one of those videos. So we're talking, what's the title? What's in the description? What are the tags that are in it? What does the thumbnail look like? Which channels is it
1: currently shared on? Are there built-in calls to action?
0: Yes. Uh, you know, and, and, and also what are the baseline analytics, you know, from the analytics, what do we know of this thing is, is it this many views and this kind of engagement? I mean, one of the things you can learn from an audit is one of your high performing videos only engages audiences for 50% of the time. Well, to me, that's probably an opportunity to do a re-edit of the original video and make it shorter. Right, maybe cut out the second half or break it up into two separate videos. It's still wildly viewed, and there's value in the first half of the content, but maybe it just runs on too long. So you've got to put all of that data and metadata in an ugly spreadsheet so that you can go through and basically assess everything. Because that's the next step, is really then evaluating all of those videos. Yeah, I think watching. I, yes, you've got to watch through. At, at you've got to watch y-
1: through. I would say all the stuff. That's why the interns. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. I, I don't. But but I don't know if you can actually hand that hand the steering wheel over. No, but if over.
0: if part of the intern's job is to also put the link to where all the that video exists in all of its places then as that intern's manager, you then get to go click on those links and watch all those videos.
1: Yeah, or I think that's the reason people would hire someone like us as well to, to go through that, because that is a lot of time.
0: Well, I mean, look, it's, it's an <laughs> audit for a reason. Right, I mean, an audit is basically looking in the ugliest mirror you can find. Yeah, and part of that is watching old stuff that you've made.
1: Yeah, nobody glorifies the CPA or the or the IRS agent who has to do an audit. Wait, there's wait, nothing. There's nothing fantastic about that. But that is a really good argument as to why you should hire someone like us <laughs> to do this
0: for you, is because you hire a CPA or a tax attorney to help yeah. you through an audit.
1: But but when we work, yeah, when we work through this, you know, we we had person sitting right here right watching week like so that we were uh, able to like rapid fire answer questions or whatever um but we you know geez i can't go through all the videos we've ever made
0: no and and i wouldn't um although i you know i mean that that brings up a good example i mean we we the hero video on our website is something that we made at a certain time when we were making certain
1: business decisions pivots and
0: new business decisions yeah. and um I don't want to go too much in depth but but one of the things that we included was it kind of kind of from a, a qualifying standpoint it came from a good place yeah. from a qualifying standpoint stating what our clients are uh, what we kind of expect our clients to spend with us over mm-hmm. the course of a year right and and it's designed to be there for a to, to disqualify the bad opportunities, the, the, the shops that are too small, uh, for us to, mm-hmm. to, you know, to be able to help for budget reasons, uh,
1: or just our needs really. Yeah. Part of his, yeah. Um,
0: and we found over time that that one part of that video was scaring off a lot of people, mm-hmm. uh, even if they were perfectly qualified. For some reason, they heard that number and they're like, "Oh, that's not." I mean, they may be willing to spend two or three x mm. that, but we're we we were not hearing from them because they heard that first number. Or it and, was
1: misinterpreted, sure, or something, you know? sure. Uh, but, th- but like, we
0: won't answer the phone for less than yes yeah. or whatever, right? And so, all we did was edit out that section of that video and and replace it, and now that's our hero video yeah. for now, and it it seems to have worked. So it's worth watching stuff through. To see, you know, maybe maybe it's not that an entire video is irrelevant, but maybe there's just a part of a video that's irrelevant.
1: Right, and that's why it is like you have to have someone who's strategically involved with that, with, with the initiative, right? Because yeah. just just hiring an intern just to do this and they have no idea what your company or your or your goals, what it's about, you can't you can't do you can't just let that happen because they might they might just be sitting there to make sure that the video is good. Right. Right, and and. Why is their perspective any good? Right.
0: Well, and I, I, I mean I think it's it's uh, I think it's pretty clear now that the intern is there only to create that horrible spreadsheet. It's their <laughs> job to go through and create 377 different rows of information that have you know a dozen different columns and you can't trust an intern with anything else. So have the intern create the spreadsheet, have that be their summer project, whatever. Uh, but you can't rely on them to make any decisions. Yeah. Um, and that just, you know, saying it out loud just sounds so obvious. Yeah. <laughs> so hire the intern to make the spreadsheet and that's it. Unless you got someone on staff who really loves making spreadsheets. Um, so it's, it's then it's it's worth somebody, you know, whether you're watching the videos, whether you're going through all of that metadata, You've got to evaluate each of those data fields, essentially against your current strategy. That's why it does need someone who knows what's going on. What's our current situation. Again, it's not about this was, these were our goals when we made this and that's why it was made. You're not trying to justify yeah. why content was sure. made. Whatever. You're it's trying done. to the figure like out- Like said, right? Yes. Um, that's the monkey's name, right? It's a monkey's name. Yeah. Yeah. Jungle Book? Mike. I know. <laughs> um, I know. What? <laughs> so, yes, I, I, I do think that watching videos is part of it. I, I think that going through each of those fields is part of it. And then you've almost got to create a duplicate spreadsheet and say, what are we going to change this to? Mm-hmm. Right? How do we, um, you know, what tags, What? how do we change the title, what description do we change based on what we're doing mm-hmm. now? Because again, it's about getting the most out of your existing content, potentially before creating any new content. So you might as well do the hard work to make those changes. And then yep. of course you've got to go into all those platforms and make those changes, but at least you're like command C, command V from this you know, second version of this spreadsheet now. So then I, I imagine you can start to eliminate certain content, right? There, there's a way to kind of see which stuff, w- which stuff rises to the top which stuff kind of sits in the middle, and then which stuff is irrelevant or outdated. That's the stuff that then you get to go ahead and strike through in that spreadsheet so that when you're going back and making your changes, the first thing you do is find those videos and delete them.
1: So do you delete them or do you just like private them?
0: I would, I mean, if you've got a valid archiving system and you've got hard drives where you're keeping all this stuff, I would just delete them. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no some there's pla- Some platform, I mean, you know, like, like Wistia actually, Charges, they give you like 100 free videos, and then it's what, 25 cents a video over mm-hmm. that, something like that. Well, if you're still, I mean, it's only 25 cents a video, but if you're eliminating 100 videos, that's. $25 a month that you could potentially save by actually deleting those things mm-hmm. as long as you've got an archive never fully get rid of anything mm-hmm. i mean that that's just basic data management so mm-hmm. as you know and then if it becomes relevant or if there's if there's a way to re and and that's the middle of the list right what's what are the things we need to tweak mm-hmm. but if it's going to be deleted I, I, I would say just delete it just Push that button. Sure. Put in your password, you know, for confirmation if if the if the system requires that, and say yes, I want to delete this. That's fine. Yep. And you've you've recorded all of the basic analytics on it anyway, so it's like you you're not losing the record of how many views or, you know, uh, throughs and all that kind of stuff. So you you've got that.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I'm just thinking like there's. Uh, and again, nobody really knows what Google is doing behind sure. their, their walls, but they've got YouTube and they, <clears throat> they lend a lot of credibility to, to videos that have had a, a million views, right? Sure. Or, or hell, just even, just even 500 views versus one that's had six. Um, and if you're niche enough in your industry, chances are that you know, someone's searching for something. And I don't know, I'm just, just kind of thinking through some of that. I guess you just kind of make the call when you're there. Yeah, I mean it.
0: I don't want to say go so far as to take the Marie Kondo approach. It's not about which videos bring you joy, but <laughs> but I, you know I, I would argue, and I'm I'm open to other arguments, but I would argue <laughs> that you just get rid of the stuff. Yeah, I, I would, mean that's that's where my head's at because yeah. I'm
1: again <laughs> I like a clean.
0: Yeah, but you know if if somebody knows uh, you know more about uh, SEO than we do, and wants to say actually. You know, if you leave this stuff up, your channel will, will come up more prominently than a second for David to pipe in. (laughs) Yes. Um, no. Okay. (laughs) So, um, apparently there is no SEO value to keeping all the videos up on here. Yes. He may have left. I don't think he's listening anyway. He's probably got those AirPods in. Ah, okay. When he listens to this episode to write the description before we post it, that'll be the first time he's hearing this part. And he'll speak up. Yes. This is, this is where we put in. David, this Mine's is where you let us know. <laughs> uh, good. It's pretty clear he heard none of that.
1: <laughs> okay. You're fine.
0: So so we've we've listed out all of our videos, we've evaluated the, get them against our current situation, our current criteria. Now it's time to basically pull off that band-aid, right? Get rid of the stuff that is old, irrelevant, not helping you cuz again, my my thinking here is you're just as in fact going to this point if you've got the version 1.3 video up it's been up longer it's got more views it's likely that it will show up in a search more than your existing more than your most recent version so, it
1: depends on what platform you're on, but
0: yes. Yeah, but, but yes, I mean, YouTube but from being a, a search, but even, even, even embedding video on your site helps in general search uh, SEO too. So uh, I, I think that's just another argument just to get rid of this stuff. So now we're, we're stuck with what's left. Mm-hmm. And now really is where you go through and you optimize, right? What should the thumbnail be? Is it, is it compelling? This is another reason to watch the stuff. You've got to actually look, I mean, I suppose you could take a a screen grab in that spreadsheet and put that in one of the fields, what all the thumbnails look like. That's probably not a terrible idea, but you know, how can we make the, you know, do do a YouTube thumbnail best practices search mm-hmm. and read a couple articles about, I mean, you, you know, you probably want to have someone's face in there and you want the text to be large enough for somebody to say, oh yeah, that's relevant to me.
1: Sure, for certain types of videos. Sure. Yeah
0: and then once you've gone through and kind of optimized everything from an seo standpoint all of that metadata then you can start to make decisions about how you might boost some of your best content and reuse some of your best content whether you're promoting it specifically through paid promotion campaigns whether you're reposting it i mean that that's the you know everybody knows produce once publish everywhere right well This is an opportunity to just go ahead and and get this maybe older, but better performing content out there again. If it's worked, why not give it a boost and put it at the top of your social feeds for a while and remind everybody that it's there or realize that not everybody's paying attention to you all the time. And so there's probably a whole lot of new sets of eyes that are there that don't know about this particular piece of content. And so you get to share it again and they get to see it for the first time. And then it's just as successful with that new audience as it was with prior audience. I think branding is another part of 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 going through this too. Of
1: course, yeah.
0: And, and this gets into, I think this probably gets into more of a subheading of re-editing. I think this is a subset of your list because thumbnails are one way to just make everything work with your brand, if you've had any kind of branding changes. But if your lower thirds, if your logo stings are outdated, if you've got <coughs> the project files, it's real easy to go back in and just swap that kind of stuff out. And it's worth it to help everything stay consistent, and and make it look cohesive and, and well thought out. And it, again, it's just a great way to kind of refresh that older content. Oh, we've got to put our new logo sting on this, or we've got to change, you know, our font because our, our typefaces are different now. Our lower thirds need to look different now. Um, that's fine. Sure, that's going to take a little bit more time, but. That's what we're trying to do here. Get the most out of what you've already got. You don't have to go back to square one, just make some updates to the elements that are already a part of the mm-hmm. videos. Which uh, is
1: one of the, like, especially if this is something that's on your site, that's one of the benefits to not embedding YouTube, right? Yeah. Because you can replace you a can. video. Yeah, All of the links that are in all of your email campaigns and all that stuff that all stays the same, it's just the new video. Yeah, yeah. No,
0: and, and that's an interesting, I I have thought for years that eventually YouTube would get to that, where yeah, you'd be able to replace a video, and they're just they're just if they were going to, I think they would have done it by now.
1: I think it's just that's the choice they've made, and that's the road they're going down. And, and, and but YouTube taken on a whole different culture too. It's not necessarily a business-friendly,
0: unless thing. you're paying for ads.
1: Sure. That, yeah. Of course. That. Yeah. But that's a whole. Yeah. This is. Yeah. <laughs> Outside of hosting. Yes. It is a. Ad network.
0: Yeah, that's what that's what they care about. That's that's why they can let the free public facing uh, platform. They can have more restrictions on that because what somebody's going to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like they're going to go somewhere else. They're just going to go somewhere in addition, right? And then I, I think the last big point on this too is to identify the opportunities for the next content that should be made too. Okay, if you're so if you go back to, to kind of step one in this and you're, you're assessing your audience personas and the journeys they, they're taking currently, if you've got that mapped out and you're producing content that helps guide your audience through that journey, which hopefully you are, then this is your chance to, to go back through that journey and, and see if there are any gaps in the content you've got that you need to plug. Are there any questions that you know that your personas are asking that you aren't answering currently, whether that's because you know that there's a slightly different journey and they're asking different questions than when you made this content two or three years ago, or you just never got around to it. It's a great way to come up with, here's what we should make next. Right. There's a way to develop your own roadmap for the next phase of your video content by just looking at what's missing and what's worked. And and what's worked and and a lot of a lot of and I think there's two angles of what's worked too. It's the video that has worked, especially if you're using one of the more advanced platforms. This is an opportunity to not only watch the video, but also look at the engagement that you're getting from your viewers. Are there sections of these videos that are being rewatched? Does that indicate to you that maybe that's a a key point that a lot of people, I I mean, it could mean that it's poorly explained and so they have to watch it a couple times to, but if you're watching along with reading those heat maps, you'll be able to tell if it's just shittily explained and people have to watch it three times to understand it, or if they just see that there's a lot of value in that content. Well, great. There's a whole uh, opportunity for you to create more content based on that little piece. Mm -hmm. I think it's also worth looking at your other content in general, your non video content. It's a great way for a company to start creating video content or just to, to kind of double down on video content is what white papers are working, what guides, what eBooks are working, create video versions of those or create video promos of those to drive people to them. If, if you know that a certain white paper is, you know, is consumed. It has an eighty percent close rate after it's been consumed by someone. Why not turn that exact content mm-hmm. into a video? Because that's probably a video that almost no matter what you spend on it, you're going to get a return on it pretty quickly. So you know, it, it gives you that opportunity to to say what's been successful with our video content, with other content, where are the gaps that are there, and then you've kind of got your mini roadmap for what you should do next. Yep. And so there's a lot of value in that. I mean, not only do you get an organized uh, library that's now working better for your business today, but you kind of know what your next steps are too.
1: So how how long do you think this should take? Because Three there's, hours. <laughs> there's the argument to like, well, I could be spending my time on better things. Sure.
0: Um, well, I, I mean, obviously it's a function of how large your video library is. Yeah. And and to that point, I think the more often you do it, the less time it takes each time you do mm-hmm. it. So you know, first time is probably going to be the hardest. If you've got 25 videos, it's going to, I don't know, maybe take a week to get through with all the other things that you have got that you've got going on. Uh, you know, in your day to day. If you've got 377 videos, my guess is it's going to take substantially longer. Yeah, it may take a business quarter, and and you can do it piece by piece if you need to sure the the point is to get is to get to a point where you say as of june 25th or you know whatever the release date of this episode is supposed to be our video library is optimized for our business goals basically then you've won so you know i i think i think it does take a level of detail and a level of there's two parts of it. There's a level of detail in terms of compiling all of the information, and then there's a level of insight that you need to bring when you're assessing what to promote, what to change, what to get rid of, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. So it's not it's not just a, a simple like I could draw up a twelve step manual and hand this off to somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got to involve multiple people, but I imagine, any organization with a substantial video library would see the benefit in making sure that everything is relevant and optimized. And so it's, it's worth whatever time you've, you've got available to put into it, I think. You can also always outsource it.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right, it is, like, it is like doing the dishes. If you let them pile up for a long time, it's just gonna take a lot longer to get through. But then if you, yeah. if you do it daily you just have a clean kitchen
0: yeah my pile of empty amazon boxes at home is just overwhelming and so i do nothing about it
1: like uh i could do you play like race car or anything race car. tell me more about race car i don't know get in there and i could make a fort with them yeah yeah for that egg slicer i bet that's a tiny box though
0: well it was it was an egg slicer and um a bathroom scale okay so it was a big enough box it was like a 14 by 14 box for the scale and then the egg slicer was just put in there yeah I think we were talking about that before we were recording. So nobody has any idea what the egg (laughs) slicer is we're talking about. And I'm fine with that. I think the, anything else about how to do it?
1: No, Justin's thinking. Uh,
0: um, Then I think the last point is, this is kind of a too clever by one half or, you know, a little cheeky, but I think the next question people would ask is when's the best time? To do an audit and it's basically like now.
1: Yeah. Right? Whenever you can. I mean, if you need a deadline, like a New Year's Day to stop smoking kind of thing, then fine. Sure. Pick it and do it. Sure. And then you can plan time around it, right? Yeah. Right. At
0: the end of our fiscal year. Yeah. We want to have this done by the end of our fiscal year. Sure. Or, you know, we're our downtime is during the summer. So we can put more resources. I mean, whatever you need to do it, but uh, again, the first time is gonna be the hardest. And it's just gonna get easier every time you do it. That I I think, I think this is something you definitely wanna do annually. If you're creating 33 videos a month, like the Vidyard benchmark report, then it's something I would probably do more, no more than quarterly uh, or or no less than quarterly. So, you know, basically just rip the bandaid off and do it. All right, well, I think that's kind of the basics of, of a video library audit. Again, if you prefer to look, at it as like a video activation plan that's why we call (laughs) our little service a video activation plan The point
1: of it all is to is to clean it up and, and use it better
0: yeah yeah we we talked a little bit about you know why you want to do that which is again just kind of the 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 main points there boosting successful content optimizing and organizing your content and getting rid of that old irrelevant content how to do it you know very top level it, we definitely shouldn't do these at the beginnings of episodes because then nobody would listen through these top-level recaps. These really need to be at the end of an episode. You know, all the
1: golden insights are. Well, why would you recap at the beginning?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Here's well, well. There's that principle of tell them what you're gonna say, tell it to them, and then tell them what you just said.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're just skipping the first part. So, right, we're gonna start with assessing our current situation. What are our goals today? Who's our audience? What are our personas? What are those journeys? what are the distribution channels we're using what's successful in those channels (laughs) then you've got to go through the process of actually listing out and kind of databasing all of your videos wherever they may live titles keywords tags thumbnails places they're embedded then you've got to evaluate your videos against those current goals and and audiences got to get rid of what's irrelevant optimize and organize what's left and then you've got the opportunity to build your roadmap for how to fill those gaps and what other content you might be able to turn into video content. Um, and again, big picture first time is going to be the hardest, but do it on a regular basis. It's, it's just going to get easier. I think
1: it's time to thank our sponsor. Tell us who our sponsor is again. Sure. It is Biggie's belt and suspenders, Uh, two techniques for the two tentative.
0: Thank you so much for your sponsorship. Uh, really love you, the product
1: you really should go to the factory too it's an, quite an amazing it's the testing just, the test facility they have
0: it's uh, i mean it it reminds me of like the q division and the james bond movies okay i mean they're like creating these like you know pen guns that they fire at these belts and suspenders and they're just indestructible yeah it's just uh, again we're just so proud to have them as a i mean every
1: body shape too they're they're putting Big, small. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, think about it. Round, square. You know, belt and suspenders are not just for portly men. No. I mean, there are, I mean. just for the too tentative. uh, uh, That's true. That's true. And anyone can be too tentative. That's right. Yep. Men, women, fat, thin, just tentative. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of the Video Reformation. I uh, think this is our opportunity to remind everyone to download, subscribe, rate, review. Uh, I think this is where we're supposed to say, find it at iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcast. I
1: always hate that, that promo at the end because it's like they're they downloaded. They're, they're already it. there, but there are other episodes. That's the thing. <clears throat> of course, they're going to listen to them.
0: Yeah, but not every. It, you'd be surprised from what I've heard. Um, like I subscribe to almost everything that I listen to yeah. just to get the most, most podcast listeners don't subscribe to podcasts. They just download the episodes they want, which I was surprised by. So it's incumbent upon us to remind them the to download, helpful, subscribe, sure. sure. Ratings and reviews, especially during these crucial first eight weeks. Mm-hmm. That's big for us because. Yeah. There's no way in hell we're going to end up on the new and noteworthy list <laughs> no. of iTunes,
1: but we certainly won't get there if
0: nobody A rates. A lot of and people reviews. aren't
1: searching for video audits. <laughs> it,
0: <laughs> it doesn't matter because there are people who but, enjoy our banter and our insights, and they're just going to listen to this episode because the others have brought them value.
1: And if you are searching for video audits, God bless you. We love you.
0: I imagine the music has started by now.
1: My guess is we're it's been cut. We're, we're
0: done. Oh, we're done. As nobody's we, listening. Any, nobody's Nobody's listening. Period. Nobody's listening anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's just us. Well, we got 15 seconds until around 50 minutes. So why don't we give it another 10 seconds? Okay. Tell here. me your joke. Um, okay. So three guys walk into a bar. There's a priest. A rabbi. Oh.